welcome to Tabletop Game Talk On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about bad players. What is a bad player? Is it fun being a bad player? And even though you may win more often, how fun is it to play against bad players? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gifted Games in Grays Lake. Also, a huge thank you to all our other patrons. Kitty's back. Yay! How I'm you back, doing? and I'm doing my best Fletcher impersonation <laughs> with this voice. So, <laughs> eh, Fletcher, yeah, Fletcher's raspy voice just isn't as good. It's, you, you sound fantastic. <laughs> it's good. Um, if you want to hear all about the uh, the COVID incidents and stuff, you're just going to have to join our pre-show stuff because that's where all that stuff happens. Um, <laughs> and you can do that on Mondays at 8.30, tabletopgametalk.com slash live. But we will sum it up in saying this, Kitty's back, still alive, and you've been watching what? Encanto. We we watched Encanto at least, you know, twice a day for the last, I don't know how many days, but yeah. Um, player three can sing all of We Don't Talk About Bruno, start to finish, <laughs> and he does the little, like, finger wag, and it's very fun. I've only seen it once so far. I did like it, I think. I need did to watch it again. Did you ugly cry? Um, <laughs> no, because I, I had to split it into two watchings, because kids... A uh, mm. little bit, little bit younger kids that aren't interested in watching an entire movie if Mickey Mouse isn't involved. Oh, my kids were not paying attention to the movie. <laughs> I was just sitting alone and ugly crying because that is what being a mom is all about. I think. <laughs> oh my! We- ugly crying alone to Pixar movies while your kids ignore you. <laughs> so Sydney and I were talking about this last night. It's like we were, we were, we re- bleh, we are rewatching the Harry Potter series. And, mm-hmm. like, both of us are in tears halfway through, like, anytime they're talking about parents and, and children dying and stuff, it's just like, <laughs> She's like, it's just so different when you have kids and you watch this. And mm-hmm. then we watched... Molly Weasley makes so much more sense. Yeah. Well, and then we watched... Um, we went to the Frozen Broadway show on Sunday, and then we watched Harry Potter Sunday evening. And that also starts super sad, like... It's mm-hmm. it's not a happy starting. I will say the Broadway musical of Frozen is significantly different than the cartoon, but I like it a lot in just a different way. Like it, but they're different. Like you, you're not going. Lion King was almost like beat for beat the same. The Frozen, same. <laughs> yeah, Frozen was not like that. But uh, we really enjoyed like, that. Beauty and the Beast. Did you see Beauty and the Beast on Broadway? I have not. That seen one's Beauty. my favorite. Oh, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway is great. It has, um, you know, it's the similar storyline, but it's got, um, I think the the added songs are much better and it adds more um, context to the story. I don't know. I liked it. We were looking I up I saw it when stuff. I was 10, though, so it's got yeah. a special place in my heart. <laughs> well, apparently, I, I believe it's no longer being performed, if I remember correctly, but... Um... Yeah, if I got a chance to see it. So just just for some history, uh, every year for Christmas, Sydney gets me tickets to a Broadway musical. Um, I like musicals. I just like, and so she's like, "Oh, well, this is easy." And when I say Broadway, I mean Broadway in Chicago, uh, which isn't actually not on Broadway. There's a couple theaters that do Broadway level shows in Chicago, though. And this one was originally scheduled for November, and then was postponed to this month and then she got another one for me for hanukkah which was scheduled for march and it's already been postponed to may so we'll see when you actually see that show (laughs) yep so that one's moulin rouge we'll be seeing that eventually but it was it was good like chicago has um you have to have proof of vaccination to go into any place really so Mm -hmm. everyone's vaccinated everyone's in masks um like i but it was like a full theater. Like it was crowded. Mm-hmm. It was shoulder to shoulder. Did it feel um, weird? It not really. Like I guess I just kind of bounced right back into like, oh, this is how the world should work. I spent, you know, forty five <laughs> years that way versus the last two years a different way. So I notice that there's lots of people, but I also notice that, hey, life is happening whether you leave your house or not and that's a good sign to me i i i like that so we were we were we had no intention of not going 
period. Like, we're both vaccinated. We're both boost- boosted. Um, everyone in the theater is going to be vaccinated. Like, there's no way to make it safer. And we have to leave the house at some point. Speaking of leaving the house at some point, next week, next month, next month, um, I am going on <laughs> Dice Tower Cruise. So... Sydney and I were going to go. We were going to bring the There's kids. There's no sorts of transmission of diseases known from cruise ships at all. Never, never. <laughs> See, I figured the safest places are the places where it's been the worst because they're <laughs> well, not no, going to let it. You're not going to get COVID on a cruise ship. You're just going to pick up the same old norovirus you always get from a cruise ship. You right, know, which is you fine. Like shake things up a little bit yeah, sometimes. We were all fine <laughs> with that pre-pandemic. Like, I'm fine getting sick. <laughs> Going to a convention, you knew you were going to get sick. I am okay with this. That's why I went to conventions, because I wanted to swap germs with everybody. I just, it's, Gross. you know, it's just the <laughs> way it is. Um, but yeah, so I'm bringing Josh. For those who don't know, Josh was the original Fletcher on the podcast for the first 100 <laughs> plus episodes. <laughs> um, and we'll probably do an episode from there. So it'll just be me and Josh doing an episode on the have ship. we crossed a line between where we have more Fletcher episodes than Josh episodes? I think we do. I think we have more Fletcher episodes than Josh episodes now. That's weird. Yeah. Yep. But uh, Josh is the OG, so that'll be that'll that'll be fun. Yeah, there are We're episodes actually- with Josh without me. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first three they're now no longer on the stream. I think I took those ones off, but. Because we're really Are they the up podcast. For patrons? It started. I could put them up for patrons. Yeah, you but the podcast put them up on started. Patreon. There it four. is. <laughs> I should. But yeah, so I was going to go with Sydney and the kids, and I was going to bring uh, my niece and her boyfriend to help watch the kids. And we were had this big plan thing happening, and then Omicron decided to come around, and we were thinking, well, well, we can't cancel it because it's uncancelable. As we booked it in April. Um, back in April, it looked like things were getting much better. Oh, so yeah, it was like, everything was better. Yeah, everything's gonna be <laughs> fine. And so we decided that one of us would stay here with the kids because we also didn't want to leave the kids for a week. Zachary's old enough where if we're not around for a week, he's going to know and not be happy about that. So we're like, all right, one of us stays home, the other one will go, and then we'll switch and then next week, Sydney's going to go to Disney World for a week um, with her girlfriends, and I'm going to stay home with the kids. So that was our compromise of how to keep the kids happy and how to have just one of us out at a time. So Peter's mentioning they've canceled two dozen cruises in the last two weeks. Um, but yeah. Now, if if they cancel it, that's fine, because then... <laughs> then you get your refund. Then you, you get your refund. You just can't cancel it. <laughs> I just can't cancel it. Yep. Yeah. And same same thing with Gen Con. So Gen Con has announced that they're doing um, their convention in August, and they've already announced that you have to be vaccinated, you're going to be wearing masks, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's I and I don't know yet. Like today, I had a crisis of something, some kind of crisis where <laughs> I don't want to go to conventions that are mask required. I just I don't want to do it. I'm fine with vaccines required. I'm 100% okay with like having to be boosted and proof of vac. I'm 100% fine with that. I am not okay with masks at conventions. I just it it ruins the experience of being able to like just talk and be around and play games and I just so I might not go to Gen Con this year if the mask thing's still in place. I just or any convention that requires mass. I just I get it. I just it's just not a convention to me. I tried a couple this year and it didn't feel good. It didn't feel fun. So we'll see. We'll see how the year goes. But here's to 2022 being as <laughs> awesome as 2019. And we all remember how awesome that was. So anyway, um, what else? Oh, Lego part two obviously isn't this week, but it will be coming up. I purchased on eBay about a half a dozen different uh, older Lego games. No crazy prices, all pre-opened. So it's like never paid more than like 20 bucks for plus shipping um, for any of these games. But we'll talk more about the Lego games at that point. So Kenny, what have you been up to the last three weeks besides, you know, wrapped in a blanket watching Disney movies? I mean, that's really been it. I'm Mm. sorry to say that that's really all I've done (laughs) since (laughs) Christmas. Well, we didn't talk about our New Year's Eve. Oh, which... yeah, we did have New Year's Eve. That was fun. Yep. We uh, hopped on Zoom, played some Jackbox games, and um, rang in the New Year with Back to the Future. So, yeah. Yeah. 
And I guess at that I did point, that. I did that. I played some Jackbox games a couple of times. That's the most human interaction I've had in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was funny that you, at that point, you're like, yeah, we probably have COVID. We don't know yet. And then a week later, it's like, oh, yeah, we got it. We're all, we're all oh. sick. Oh, we all have COVID. We had only been like exposed at that point. Um, yeah. And like three days later. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was good times. Everyone um, except player three, which means he's still in quarantine. Yay. Oh, because he hasn't had it. He's he probably didn't had get it, it. So now he's got to do. Well, he never tested positive. We tested him a few times. Um, and so since he didn't test positive, uh, he has to do an additional 14 days after the rest of us are, are done being contagious so yay <laughs> it's like the worst combination and like as a parent it feels terrible to be like why can't you just be sick kid but yeah. you know we are actually oh well. <laughs> yeah we're actually switching to a nanny um at the end of the month because daycare is so unpredictable right now that yeah. we're like it, it just makes no sense to pay what you have to pay for two kids in daycare when we can pay and less for a nanny not getting the service yeah yep so it's like yeah. And and they don't charge you if it's someone else test positive and they close down, they don't charge you. But if you test positive, then you're charged for the two weeks. So it yeah. it creates an incentive to never tell anybody if you tested positive, mm-hmm. just get someone else sick so they can test positive and then you don't have to pay. Like it's just a ridiculous it's ridiculous. So we're yeah. like, okay, we're we're done. Um and the the thing is the teachers there, they also have to quarantine unpaid. So That's if their classrooms, crazy. yeah, if their classroom shut down, so ugh. they're hemorrhaging employees. So we talked to one and was yeah. like, hey, if you're looking for a nanny position, we're looking for a nanny. And so that's happening at the end of the month. Um, <laughs> and, um, and happier news, though, Christopher asked what scene played at midnight. Um, and the DeLorean jumped back to 1985 at midnight. So. Yep. It gave us some wiggle room. We had a few seconds wiggle room. And since we were all screaming yeah, in separate places. Yeah, it takes a second to disappear. Yeah, we did not do as good a job. Last year, we used um, the Disney Plus Watch Party to do Star Wars. Um, and that worked pretty well. We had some... We never had any issues on our end because we were the ones hosting the watch party. But occasionally, other people's like movies would just pause themselves for a few seconds at a time. But I think we were all synced up and at midnight, the Death Star exploded. But this year, I tried to set it up through Amazon, but Amazon didn't tell us that we all had to buy the movie ourselves. We couldn't just watch it through one person who had purchased the movie until we were like in it. And then we were trying to like finish our last game. And so we didn't have enough time to set it up. And we were all like, ah, but um, yeah, we ended up, you know, we, we used our, you know, half a second of wiggle room <laughs> and ended yeah. up just fine. <laughs> oh, and one more happy note. Both of our children are incrementing a year next week. Or yours is next it's next week, right? Um, it's Friday. This Friday. And then Zachary yeah. is is on Wednesday. Yep. So we'll we'll We're have a four year old and a three year old. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Ooh. Kids are and when we started this, we didn't even have thoughts of kids. No one had children. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was yeah. That was that was uh, wow. It's been a long time. All right, let's talk. My dog talk. was a puppy. Yeah, you can see and him being not a puppy in the background of my camera if you're live. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't have the dog in the room. That would be crazy. Um, but now he's just unconscious. Now he's old. <laughs> All right, old I, man. I think we burned <laughs> enough time um, so that we can try <laughs> to pad out this topic, which you came up with. And do you I did. want? Do you want to say why, or do you want to keep that off the no, air? No, well, I'm not going to throw any one particular player <laughs> under the bus. Um, but I played with a lot of um, a variety of players uh, in the pre-holiday run-up. Um, a variety of different games with many different people of different skill levels. And um, yeah, yeah, some of so them we're talk- weren't good. Yeah, so we're talking about bad players, and we should probably say that there's a lot of different ways of being a bad player, Um, and we're just going to kind of go over the five that I put here, and you know, Katie, if you can think of any others. Um, But I think I think having a baseline of what we're really talking about is not a bad thing. So Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to, and for those not looking at the notes, i.e. anyone besides Kitty and myself, um, this won't mean <laughs> anything, but I'm going to go out of order here. I think one way you can look at bad players is just a bad sportsman, right? Bad sport oh, yeah. person. You know, mm-hmm. they're just, they're painful to play with because if they're winning, they're not very gloating. fun gloating. Yeah. And if they're losing, they're all upset and huffy and puffy. Mm-hmm. Um I think we can all agree that that is not a fun person to play with. The gloating part is fine. If you're winning and gloating, that's fine. If everybody eh. is that, but if if never, but if you're just like going to pout when you're not winning, it, it cancels it all out. It, it takes the fun out of it. Yes, for sure. And um, <laughs> I'm going to lump a possible topic we had talked about, but we're going to put it in here. Uh, playing with children. They are the worst about this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. Maybe it's just like my children. Um, but Player 3 is just starting to like, you know, he got a bunch of new games for Christmas and we've been playing, you know, our preschool oriented games. And, um, you know, a lot of what we've been teaching him is like sportsmanship. You don't want to be this person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, sportsmanship. It's part of playing the game is having people who want to play the game with you. So, um, you know, how to follow the rules and how to be nice and not cry when you lose and not, you know, do an be, absurd victory dance when you win. Yeah. <laughs> be a gracious winner and a gracious loser. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Peter mentions, you know, they used to have a bad sportsmanship player and they just stopped inviting him and life got better. Like these are the type of people universally you just don't want to play games with. That doesn't mean that and you can't. It's avoid hard, it sometimes because um, I've been this player sometimes and I know <laughs> I've been this player sometimes and there are certain kinds of games that I don't play anymore because I know it makes me this kind of player and everyone is happier because of it and you know I don't think I was ever the gloaty type of um, bad sportsman but I was definitely the pouty loser I, yes. and I still am sometimes <laughs> well and that's one <laughs> but i've gotten too. a lot better at it i became more self-aware you know like the yeah. and i think having a podcast where you have to really reflect on you as a, a board game player makes you think about that kind of thing so um you know it's it's not fun to be that player either you know it's not fun to play with that person and it's not fun to be that person so for those of you out there who might feel sometimes like you you are the pouty player when you aren't winning, you're not having fun. Just know that there you can change. You can decide, I will not play this kind of game that makes me like this. You can decide like, oh, this doesn't matter to me. It's just a game. Let it go. Let it go, Indiana, is a phrase that my family has thrown at me a lot of times over the years. Um, <laughs> and I've started throwing it at myself because you just have to let it go, Indiana, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher <laughs> mentioned Blood Rage, um, which is an infamous yes. story. But also nowadays you play a lot of essentially non-interactive games. Yeah. Like Wingspan is, you know, essentially a solo, you know, multiplayer multi- solitaire. Multiplayer solitaire. <laughs> yeah. Or co-op games. And, you know, so if you are that person that doesn't like losing, just kind of switch those games. Switch the, switch the games mm-hmm. you play so that you can have fun and people can have fun playing with you. Which which makes sense. Now, children are another thing. Like, they don't know sportsmanship. <laughs> so that's just something you have to teach them. And you start. You have to start young because mm-hmm. it's hard to learn it later, especially if kids, kids want what they want. And if they understand that they're losing or not getting what they want inside of a game or they can't do what they want inside of a game, it is very quick for them to just move into, wait a minute, I want what I want. Why can't I have this? So you have to nip it in the butt early. It's really funny, though, because sometimes their goals are completely different than what the <laughs> goals of the games are supposed to be. We got Don't Break the Ice, and my kid just loves to like hit all the pieces. He's like, yes, break the ice. I'm like, no, you're not. You're supposed to be not knocking over the person. And he's like, go for the middle immediately. <laughs> as many ice cubes as I can get. And I'm like, you know, if you're happy. You're taking yeah. your turn. You're hitting one cube at a time. You know, sure. 
your goal can be to break the ice if that's what makes you happy. But, you know, (laughs) just know that somebody else is going to tell you someday that that's not the rules of the game. (laughs) Uh, But by then you've moved on to new games. So the next kind of bad player uh, are those types of players that are just not into the game or they're disengaged with the game. They're only there because someone's making them play and they are fine letting the rest of the table know I'm only here because someone's making me play. Also, not a fun person to play with. Mm -hmm. And I have been this person. I try to fight it. But if you put me in front of a... Anything Cards Against Humanity like, match this with this, everyone judge, I will begrudgingly play, but I refuse to have external fun. I try to keep my external dismay to a minimum, but, oh, man, I just hate those styles of games. But sometimes you're with a group of, like, eight or nine people, and that's what they want to play, and you're just like, sure, yeah, I'll play this game with you. That would be great. But then I've played with people who are just openly like, I don't care. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, I just do this. And, you know, they don't. It's just like, whatever. I don't care. Let me know when the game is over. They're on their phone or whatever the case may be. I was going to say, it's funny because I hate to hear you say that you've been this person because I also think you are the person who is most annoyed playing against this person. I try to, this is why when it, when I am this person, I really try to keep it inside, but I'm fuming on the inside. Like, I'm like, oh my God, my, my life, I'm just wasting this time. I could be playing a good game right now, but I'll just sit here and draw another card that has two words on black print on a white card. And why do these people make, okay. That, like, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, what, how did this happen? Um, it's just not... But uh, this is this goes back to bad sportsmanship, too. But this one, I think, is a little bit easier to tame because you're like, look, there are some games that people just aren't going to be into. And it's fine mm-hmm. not playing those games. Um, Sydney's actually really good at this. She's like, oh, you're going to play that? No, I don't need to play. But I'm like, but I want to include you. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. I am fine if you guys are happy playing whatever you're playing, but I don't need to play that game. And I'm like, I respect that. I respect that. We're not forcing you to sit down. You can go and do your own thing. And you're all right kind of stepping out for that game. And then, you know, you'll catch up in the next one. And that's why I think it's important to have a collection of games that plays um, multiple styles of games at multiple player counts. Because I think a lot of times these people get um, roped into these games because like, oh, well, we need a third player to make it work. Or like, we need to have pairs to play spades. This is Spencer is always roping in some poor person who has no idea what they're doing to play spades. <laughs> and um, when you have to have a certain player count to play the game to make it work, is it really fun if you're actually just like, you've got a blind hand behind a cell phone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, if that's the case, you know, you might as well just play with a blind hand or something along those lines or pick a different game because, it it just it sucks the energy from the table when somebody is not into the game. It's like, I don't know, at least for me, I feel like I'm just like forcing someone to be there. They're not having fun. And I, it makes me feel bad that I've made them do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it breaks that magic circle, right? So if you if if you listen to anything about like game design and, you know, just game theory in general, when you're in a game, regardless of the type of game, it's be a sporting event, board game, video game, whatever the case is, you voluntarily put yourself in a rule set that's arbitrary, right? It's a rule set based on the game rules. And you all have to accept that rule set. Otherwise, the game doesn't work, right? Someone, if, if you're playing tag and somebody decides like, oh, well, you touched me, but I'm not it. Like, well, well but you are it. It's like, no, I'm not. Like, that breaks the game. It only <laughs> takes one person to break that game. Mm-hmm. And that disengaged player is essentially breaking the game by not participating in the circle at all. They may not be breaking the rules, but they're also not invested in the the group as a whole having any kind of enjoyment in that. So they can just drain everything from the game. And it's, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. 
So related to disengaged, sort of, um, I, I think these are it's kind of uh, related. I, I I'm gonna throw my mother under the bus, although she's fairly good at this, but. <laughs> It is. T- there are times where I'm like, she'll be like, okay, yeah, we can, we'll play a game. Like she's, I was raised playing games, um, you know, mostly mainstream stuff, but she was, um, you know, she's probably the reason why I know, I, I remember my parents playing Risk while I was like seven years old with, you know, mm-hmm. playing with the rest of the kids and they were playing Risk all night long. Um, so she likes games and stuff, but sometimes she just doesn't get the rules. Right. So you have mm-hmm. to like I'm catering to try to be like, okay, this is easy or not. But it, no matter what, like, okay, I'm gonna re-explain this. I'm gonna explain this again. I'm gonna explain this again. Okay, it's your turn. Yes, you can do one of these three things. This is what this thing does. This is what this thing does. This is what this thing does. Next round. So you can do one of those three things. Yes, the same three things as last turn. Oh, right. This one does this, this one. You know, it's just mm-hmm. painful. And and you would think at some point it would click, but sometimes but it, it just doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have played with players like this, and this is you know it's hard. And I think that it uh, comes down to attitude sometimes. If they're getting frustrated and they're getting like mad at themselves or at you for they're not getting the rules, it's not fun anymore. But honestly, if they're still like, oh, could you remind me? Could you tell me how this works? Like, you know, I'll go with it. I, I might not want to play the same game with them again another time <laughs> if it keeps happening. Um, but it doesn't make it an unfun experience that game. Yeah. Well, I think... And I, yeah, being pleasant goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing, this really comes out when you're teaching two new people at the same time this a game and again mm-hmm. these are likely people that don't play a lot of games and one of them picks up on the rules fairly quickly and the other one doesn't and they're in a relationship and <laughs> you can just see the frustration from the player who gets it against the At player who the doesn't player get it who doesn't yes <laughs> and I'm like I'm teaching the game so I just want everyone to have a good time but whoa I know, and like you you are not the target of anyone's <laughs> anger but yeah. you feel like it's your fault anyway especially if like you're you're the one who's like oh let's play this game and then you're like oh i've i've caused strife in this relationship and yeah I'm then i have to do like i have to be a couples counselor while trying to make one person seem like they know the rules better while trying to explain to the other person like no 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 it's okay it's totally normal to take 10 minutes to make a decision in this game uh <laughs> yes I, I realize it's just playing one card <laughs> yeah it, i've it's you know, in some ways, it's just, it, it's so hard. <laughs> and when your parents, especially, and everyone's tired, you have, you've waited for the kids to go to bed, and you're, you're just like, this is our time. We've got this. And like one person is just like, I do not have the energy for yeah. this. I do not have the capacity to learn this right now. But everyone else is like, yay, and I'm bored. It, it doesn't feel good to be that person either. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. It's just, and once again, the attitude, if you're like, I know I'm not getting this. This is fine. You guys are having fun. I'll just keep making my three decisions. You'll just have to tell me what they are every time. <laughs> you know, it, it's not as bad as a person who's like, well, I will this understand was- this and I'm going to get there. Just tell me th- I, you know, yeah, it's we like were, the, we the were anger. trying, to, <laughs> we were trying to, um, and I don't mean to throw anyone under the bus, but uh, I sort of just have to do this to throw an example. But so Sydney's parents, a couple years ago, uh, we moved to Gray's Lake and they followed us a few months after um, at our recommendation, mm-hmm. like, you know, be closer to the grandkids. And Zachary was young enough where he'd go to sleep. And we're like, well, you're here. So maybe we have a weekly game night. So come on over. We'll pick a game, teach you the game and, and play. So that was the premise for this setup. And Sydney's mom usually understood the game faster than Sydney's dad, but Sydney's dad yeah. was very much more engaged in the game and wanted to do well, where Sydney's mom was like, I get the game and, and I don't really care if I do well or not. So it's this weird dynamic where her mom would be very 
impatient with her dad because her dad kept having to have the rules re-explained, but he was the one that was most engaged with the game. So Cynthia <laughs> and I are there and it's just like, okay, this is this is very this is very awkward because we want to have this kind of family game night thing, but we're gonna have to pick a game that we can just play over and over and over. So once they get it, we never have to you know, we don't have to do game. this again. <laughs> yeah. Turns out if you just have a second kid, you're all too exhausted and you don't play games anymore. So that that actually solved that problem. But yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty bad. So now we actually get them games for holidays or birthdays or Christmas or whatever. Um, apparently Christmas does not fall under holidays. But um, for whatever <laughs> the case, we, we'll, we'll get them like two-player games that they can play, like you know, casual card games or something like that. And they tell us that they play them. And it's like, all right, that's I, – I don't know how it works, but I'm happy that you guys like playing games I mean, with each other. I think learning games is a skill that you can practice and get better at. You know, like um, a lot of try not to throw people under the bus is so hard with this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, there are many people I know where when this is an issue, it is because this is the first time they're learning a new game in a long time. You know, they don't play very often. They don't they don't play games very often and they don't learn games even less frequently. I don't think that sentence was correct, but you follow my idea. Uh, understand? Yeah, we get the idea of it. <laughs> um, They're not good at the it, learning stuff. Well, you don't do it very often. When you yeah. don't learn often, you know, it's when you were in school, you were probably better at taking tests than you are now just because you did it a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, learning is a skill that you can practice and develop and get better at. And some people want to do that and some people don't. And that's fine. You know, like I think, though, that if you want to avoid these kinds of situations, you know, we've talked about this before, um, our rule books episode and stuff like that. There are just people who don't enjoy learning the rules or that kind of thing. You know, and there's videos you can watch and there's um, playthroughs or things like that that like so many more resources available to people now who want to learn than there were, you know, when my parents were trying to teach me games 20, 30 years ago. Well, I mean, I think we can throw, we can throw Spencer under the bus here because I'm going to use him as an example real quick. Oh yeah, he loves to be thrown under the bus and he never listens to this podcast. Yeah. Spencer (laughs) hates games with rules. Um, and, And I say that vaguely, but ultimately that's what it is. And his thing is this, teach me a rule set and that's how we play the game. But if there's going to be something and the rules are always changing in the game, that I'm not okay with. Like, basically, when you play this card, then you can do this. And if you do this, you can do that. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just give me the rules and I'll play by those rules. Stop changing them while the game is going on. I don't like that. <laughs> Spencer won't play Flux. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wonder if he'd actually be all right with Flux. I think that I might know. be that might be an exception <laughs> to like it. I don't like flux. <laughs> I don't like flux either, but yeah, that's the concept. But yeah, as soon as it gets complicated, as soon as there becomes exceptions or or in this case you can do this and this but not in that case. Um that's when he's just like, no. And he's like he's been a gamer his entire life. Mhm. But specifically role-playing games, which, you know, those tend to have a very streamlined core system, and then you can add to it any way you want. But when it comes to board games or card games, spades it is. He's a replayer. No, he, he we have a few other games now, too, that we've, um, you know, brought into rotation. He really likes Windward, which is funny because um, it's a lot like some of the other games that he's had issues with. I also think that, like, your teaching style and his learning style are a little bit at odds sometimes. Um, that like the way you teach games is a very like linear. This is how you like go through a turn kind of thing. And Spencer wants like an overview of the game. He needs to like know everything because if you try to teach him in a linear, like he doesn't, he's not a linear thinker at all, <laughs> which is it's like give me everything. Very yeah. interesting to deal with at times. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so you know he's he's much more into replaying the same game. He likes to develop new strategies and that kind of thing. Um, so we we play a lot of the same games over and over again. Um, 
And it's not about like how complicated the rules are, but he does not like the first time he plays a game, he's not going to like it. You have yeah. to make him play, and it has and, to be his idea to pick a new game. Sometimes, yep. And and so, and I don't, I don't know if he falls under bad player, but he does definitely fall under. I have to be careful with what games I introduce to him because I know that there's a certain class of games he's just not going to be into. And I have another friend mm-hmm. um, who she she loves games, like she's. It's it's her and her husband. All they do is play board games all day long. But she will not play a game with victory points. Anything with victory points? Nope. Automatically not going to happen. No matter how good the game is, if there are points involved, she wants nothing to do with it. And so I'm like, okay, I just have to understand that that's not what she's into. Although we'll go to Gen Con and we'll be playing games nonstop for four days straight. Like, it's not that she doesn't like games. It's that she doesn't like very specific kinds of games. Uh, the victory point thing is a tricky one because since half the games in the world have victory points. and I think we're all like this, though. Yeah. I think it's easier when, like, I am the gamer in my life. Like, when it comes to board games, I'm the person who, like, knows them, buys them, brings them into people, and teaches them to my friends and family. And in that case, I get to choose. <laughs> I know what I like, and I get to be the one who, like, curates everyone. Oh, that's experience. a good point. Yeah, we don't um, see this because we don't pick cards against humanity <laughs> when we're proposing the games to play. Exactly. So, you know, I'm... When I bring the game to the table, of course I'm going to bring a game that I like to the table that is easy for me to understand that I want to play. Um, and and so I'm not the bad player. I'm not disinterested because I picked this game. I understand the rules because I learned this game because I want to play it and I want to teach it to everyone else. You know, like it's easy to be the good player when you are the driver of the situation. That's true. All right, let's get into bad players. There's two other categories. They're they're closely related, but we're going to cover them as separate <laughs> things. Um, you're playing against somebody. This is a competitive game. Whatever competitive game you have in your mind, this could be a 1v1. It could be, you know, four-person free-for-all, whatever the case is. And you're playing against a player. And you could, you could play the same game over and over and over and over. But this player just uses subpar strategies all the time and this might be something they know they're doing like no no no, i'm gonna make this work or something they don't know they're doing of like no no no, it totally makes sense to do this and this and this why doesn't it work even though i keep doing it it still is never working i must be super unlucky are like i've i've actually used bad strategies before but i do it on purpose being like it's kind of like a (laughs) handicap for other people i'm playing with like i'm gonna have fun doing this strategy that i know probably won't work but when I see somebody else doing it, when I see someone else taking moves that I'm like, this is not going to work for you. This is not going to work out the way you want it to. I get uncomfortable for two reasons. One, I can say nothing and know <laughs> that I'm just going to destroy the person. Or two, I can say something and then know that I'm critiquing their gameplay during the game. And then am I playing the game for them? Thoughts? Um. This one is, I think, the trickiest kind of bad player. Um, And honestly, I don't care unless it starts to affect me. (laughs) Because I was, I was going to say, I don't care unless it affects their enjoyment. But for you, it's like I don't care unless it affects my enjoyment. Got it? Okay. No, I guess it's true. (laughs) Their enjoyment too. No, like as long as they're having fun, everything is good. But if it is a competitive game, and I have you know, like a competitive player to my left and a chaos player to my right and chaos player is getting in my way and they are not affecting competitive player to my left. It skews the balance of the game and it makes me feel frustrated. Yeah. And (laughs) when you're in a, I tend not to play four player competitive games anymore. There's a few, a few that I'll do if they play like under an hour, um, I'll play them. But because those competitive games, the free-for-all games, and I mean, you could just use Monopoly as an example, although it's, you know, a terrible example, but um, (laughs) it's one person doing things that are just not optimal can mess up everybody else if there's any kind of player interaction. 
And mm-hmm. that creates a problem, especially when you have turn order being a solid thing and maybe turn order affects things, right? It, it matters what turn order you're in. But um, oh, what's the role player universe with uh, a prison and lockup? Lockup? I think it's lockup. Um, that game is a four-player competitive game where you're you know placing bids on different rooms and trying to, you know, basically take over the prison and it's like this fantasy prison thing. I like that one because it if someone's a bad player, it doesn't actually affect you. Even though you're directly competing with everyone else, whose first player changes, they do a really good job at making it so those strategies don't matter. But when you're doing something like um, Agricola, for ex- as an example, and I haven't played it forever, but that one can really matter if the turn order puts you in a position where you're behind someone who's taking buildings that don't make any sense to them or, you know, doing things that just mess you up and you're the next person. You're like, I'm going to lose because I have no choice but to lose because this other person's not doing anything that makes any sense except as affecting me. And that can be really like bad strategies can really hurt the entire table at times. It can, but you know, also those things can all be done with intention too. And that's just part of those games. It just feels bad when you know, like, you're not even paying attention. You don't care. You're not doing this the right way. It makes it worse. Like, like if I'm playing Calico with my mom and my brother, and they take the tile that I want, I know that they're doing it because that tile makes sense for them. But if I am playing with my sister, who I love dearly, (laughs) there's like a 50-50 chance she just picked up a tile randomly without looking at it or her board. She's just getting through this game because we probably (laughs) made her play because my mom or my brother wasn't present. Um, And in that case, it makes me so much more upset because when Jack takes the tile and he puts it in his board, I'm like, oh man, Jack is doing so well and now I don't have that tile and I have to work harder and like... But when Eve picks up that tile, like, she's going to lose anyway. Why doesn't she just give me that tile? That's the tile I wanted. She doesn't even know that that's the tile that I wanted. At least when Jack takes the tile, he's like, ha ha, <laughs> this works for me and I'm messing yeah. you up. This is the well, perfect one to take. <laughs> this is a great This is a great um, example of bad strategy versus disengaged. Because it's mm-hmm. not that she's doing a bad strategy. It's that she's just not engaged, so therefore, bad strategy comes out of it because there's no strategy. Yeah. And that, like, but they they can kind of feel the same. If someone has Mm -hmm. a bad, I'm just like, I'm going to draft everything blue in this game. Yeah. Like, okay, that strategy doesn't make any sense, but it's going to totally screw over what I was doing because I need Mm -hmm. sets. And since I can't get sets because you're taking all the blue tile and you're sitting to my left, um, why am I even playing this game? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's uh, bad players. All right. The final (laughs) type of bad player is the player that always loses. They're trying, right? (laughs) They're trying. And maybe it's bad strategy. Maybe they're not paying attention. Maybe they don't get the rules. Um, It could be any of these things, but it's not all of these things. And it's, it's not any one of these things. It's just, I'm a bad player. Like, I end up losing, period. Now, you don't have to, this doesn't have to be for every single game. There are certain games where people are just bad at it. I enjoy playing it, but I'm always going to lose. Um, it's just going to happen. Um, I, 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 I'm Betrayal trying to think legacy. Of, there you, yes. <laughs> you always okay. lose. It's always yes. luck and you always <laughs> lose. <laughs> yep. No matter what I do, I'm trying to win, but no matter what I do, I'm going to lose. And I think, so you tell me. I think that game is cursed against you. (laughs) I think so too. But the thing is, I was still having fun, even though I knew I was going to lose. I think just dead last every single time, no chance of ever, even when I had a chance, you guys came up with some way to be like, nope, you lose. And I'm like. But I had it in the bag. Like how how did it, how did that happen? <laughs> and at some point, you just have to laugh. But I was and having exactly. Fun. It's all about attitude, though. It's all about attitude because like there is a point where like if that had been happening to someone else, let's be fair, me. If that had been me, <laughs> it would have been less pleasant. Although I don't know because that game, so much of it is luck. 
So much of it's just luck of the draw. And when it's less about skill-based stuff, it's easier to have this kind of like, I mean, the universe is just against me. This is crazy. How hilarious is this kind of an attitude? When it feels like it's skill, though, it gets much more frustrating. Um, but I, I, do, I do think it comes down to attitude. Somebody who's happy to lose all the time, who's trying, they're engaged, they're having fun at the table, they're cracking jokes. I don't care. I'll play all day with them. Um, and like in multiplayer situations where it doesn't just because they're losing doesn't mean I'm going to win necessarily. It's not fun to always win. But if you're playing the game, you're engaged, you're having fun. Everyone's having a pleasant time. I don't care. I don't care how bad you are at the game. (laughs) This might be. So, you know, I've, I've talked about my dislike of terraforming Mars and I really do dislike Mm -hmm. terraforming Mars quite a bit. I like Ares expedition, but terraforming Mars, the core game, but, Part of the reason might be because I always lose. I try. <laughs> I, I don't think I have bad strategies. I do believe I understand the rules. I believe I'm engaged with the game, but it doesn't matter. It just seems like no matter what, I'm going to lose. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just not getting something here. And I certainly don't enjoy that game. Because I lose all the time. But I, there's something else there, too. Because there are other games that I l- tend to lose a lot, but still enjoy. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But I know there was just one I was you know, talking about a few weeks ago where I'm like, every time I play this game, win or lose, I'm having a good time. Like, there's a lot of games like that where I'm like, I lose all the time, but it's just, it's fun to play. It's fun to play this game. Terraforming Mars is not fun to play for me. And it's... Unbearable say, because I'm losing it's all the such time. Such an ugly game. That's part of it. Because I was just thinking about like um, parks. We've been playing a lot of parks because I finally got my mom to play that game. And part of the fun of that game is it is beautiful. Those cards, the art on that game. Every time you turn over a new park, you get the like, oh look at this one. And then like you know, it's it's a real life place. So then we start, you know, discussing it. It sparks conversations. We're all engaged at the table and it's just so fun and beautiful. It has such table presence. Um, it's Peter agrees also with easy you. to learn and easy to play. So yeah, you know, it's, but terraforming Mars is just the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Steve can't unmute himself. So ha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, but this probably be why it's sort of like Aries Exposition because a it plays in under an hour, and b the art is consistent and better across the board. The graphic design is better across the board. Now I understand that some people who this is not a Terraforming Mars, you know, comparison or anything, but I understand that some people are used to Terraforming Mars. They like the art, the layout, whatever. But for me, I if if I'm enjoying playing a game, I don't mind always losing, mm-hmm. and I don't know that. I don't play games enough with the same group over and over where me I can say that someone else's enjoyment is improved or lessened by me losing all the time. But I don't think that other people are unhappy when I'm losing because I am trying mm-hmm. and they are doing, you know, they're doing well. But it, it's it just really comes down to I have to really enjoy the game and mm-hmm. – if I don't, I don't. Darren actually mentions Dead of Winter as a game that um, he doesn't mind I losing at. I was just going to bring this up. And that one's a um, semi-cooperative. Is yes. it like a... Yeah. There's, there's, a um, hidden, there's a potential hidden trader. Yeah. Um, and every, But everyone has individual goals, too. So you're trying to both meet a group goal and an individual goal. So, like, it's a tricky one. But it does kind of lead me into um, cooperative games. Is it fun to play cooperative games when, like, you're all the bad player? <laughs> like, you just keep losing. I And I wonder, have we ever won The Captain is Dead without accidentally cheating? No. But is it still so much fun to play? Do we keep playing I, it? <laughs> I, will be, I will be honest. I will say that, so when we play as a group, like, we typically play that as a four-player game. And I am having fun while playing it, but every time we lose, I'm like, okay, I just want to play this solo so I can figure out the puzzle. (laughs) 
because you just losing- want to get rid of us. We're dragging you down. We're angry. <laughs> well, lose- losing as a group is fine, but I'm like, I feel bad that we all lost. But if I'm playing by myself, then I'm not going to feel bad if we lose. But I say that, and then I'm like, I never really want to play these games by myself anyway. So the captain is dead should have an app. Is there an app? There is an app. Because that's yep. what we need. Yep. We need There's to, an app for it. You app. and me need to both get the app and um, figure and it out. Master and it. And figure out how to take play. It down. <laughs> yeah. Drag but there is, everyone along with us. <laughs> yeah, there is some fun in losing. I think. All right. Let me let me use the crew as an example. Um, mm-hmm. So cooperative trick taking game and this the crew undersea whatever the the second one you're gonna get a random set of goals and each mm-hmm. scenario basically you draw a certain number of cards and whatever and sometimes when you lose it is not fun to lose but it is fun to retry and try to win again against those goals and that I feel like it's fun. Now, the crew is also one where if you have a bad player and you're playing by the rules, holy frustrating oh, can that be? This is this is one of the games that somebody <laughs> was not understanding the rules of this game. And it was just like, all right, I'm done. We've played like three hands and I'm, I'm done. I can't. We haven't won once. Someone can take the blue <sighs> five for the love of God. Take the blue five. And it's not you. You don't have to. Oh, you have to take. The, There's yeah. You, you've played. You've played trick taking games before. It's not that far a step from the games that I know you know how to play. <laughs> Do you know how to play those games though? Have I been? Are you bad at those too? I'm questioning everything. I'm questioning everything, and it's just so frustrating. But you know what? There are lots of games I enjoy playing with this person, and I just play those games. And I save the crew for playing with you and Sydney someday when we see each other in person again, because I know you guys know how to play and it's going to be so much fun. Actually, Board Game Arena has a really, really good implementation of the crew. So maybe instead of Jackbox next time, we can, the four of us can get together and play the crew for a while. I would love that. That would be, yes. I love the crew. Peter says he played Grizzled, the Grizzled one with a person who didn't realize it was cooperative. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I honestly think <laughs> I, I've seen that before too. It's like, no, no, no. And actually the crew is another one to try to like, no, we're all working together. We're, we're working together. You don't, you're not, you don't want to take the trick. Yeah. That you're was not the thing. trying to that stop was... me from doing this. <laughs> yeah. But I think that playing, actually this is, this could be its own topic, but it's not going to be um, bad players <laughs> in co-ops. There are some co-ops where you can get away with it, right? Because it's group decisions and all open information. But when you're looking at something like The Crew or um, really any game where you let people make their own decisions, even if it's just (laughs) arbitrarily, and one person just isn't getting it, Joshua mentions Marvel Legendary as as one. Like, it's... It's a game where you're like, okay, we're we're not going to keep playing this one. Like, we can't... (laughs) Yeah. do this because all you can do everyone just has to be frustrated with that person and that person's doing their best you know they could fall into under these categories they don't get the rules or bad strategy they're disengaged whatever but when you're working on a team you're only as strong as that weakest link and when that weakest link really wants the blue five no matter who should take it <laughs> <sighs> it's, it's i think really that kills hard fun. it's yeah, and it's it's hard to navigate that situation where, like, we are not having fun playing this game. And it is because, especially when it's a lack of understanding, when you're not getting the rules, it feels so bad. Because you, I've, I feel like I've been this person before. I'm not understanding the rules. And I feel like I'm ruining everyone else's fun. I'm ruining everyone's night. And everyone else is like, oh, well, we'll just play a different game. I'm like... I should just leave because everyone else is going to have fun playing this without me. And like, I need to stop having that attitude though, because you know what? Some games just aren't a good fit and that's fine. And if we can find a game that is a good fit or even a different activity that is a good fit, that's okay. You don't have to feel like responsible for everyone else's fun in every given moment. As long as you're not the person who's like throwing a hissy fit because you're losing, then you are responsible for other yeah. people's fun. Well, there's but a if couple you're not understanding. You just reminded me of another category. 
<laughs> which is the um, it's not really it's the hidden no the one versus X type of thing where you're the one if you mm-hmm. don't understand the rules completely then you can mess up the game for everybody because oh, oh I didn't do this thing I right know I've done this with Avalon one time I was like I don't understand how my role works and I can't ask a question about how my role works without giving away that this is my role and I may have had an adult beverage and was just like Pfft. yeah the <laughs> well, and, and, <laughs> and that was so the end things- of that game <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the, Joshua mentions the Mysterium Ghost, right? Like, if you don't play these games with the right rules, you're going mm-hmm. to mess up. And it's fun to say, like, oh, I want to be that player next, right? I want to be the ghost next. Okay, but there's a lot of things that you need to do and manage. Uh, are you sure you have everything? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. And then you're halfway through the game. It's like, oh, wait, no. I Oh, oh I didn't mean to do that. Um, yeah. And then you just have to reset the game. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. People should, you got to be careful. You just have to be careful. So anyway, that's our episode on bad players. Um, <laughs> I think the, the the takeaway from this is that no one will care if you are a bad player, if you are a nice person at the table, <laughs> as long as you are trying to be a happy and pleasant person at the table. It's okay. Yes. And if you're, if you find yourself unable to be a happy and pleasant player at the table, I know, and I feel you. It's okay to walk away sometimes, take a deep breath, yep. and play a different game. Because, yep. <laughs> because not every game is for everyone, and that's okay. That's why there's so many games out there. <laughs> it's true. And there are so many games out there. I'm done. There's so many games. One of them is going to be fun for everyone. Yep. You just got to find I'm, the right game. I am being super picky this year on on games. There's a couple games already that have been on Kickstarter that I'm like, Nope, not backing it because it's crazy <laughs> expensive and I still have half my collection I haven't played. And this game is a lot like that game. And I'm going to, yeah. So I am I am being very picky this year. Uh, but listen to the last episode and you'll understand why I have a new waste all my money on product. <laughs> so, Oh, I've heard you talk about it in real life. I, I don't know if I need to hear podcast Chris really to highlight how crazy it is because I watched you do Legos by yourself all New Year's Eve. (laughs) Disengaged with our task at hand because you are busy with your Lego. I, you can do, I can do it mindless. It's totally good. Honest. (laughs) And I do some really awesome t-shirts. playing Candy Crush. (laughs) Hey, if I'm just watching a movie, I can, I can put together Legos. All right. On that note, um, <laughs> let's let's do some credits, and I have to read names because Fletcher's not here. So, uh, but you have to do this part. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find a link for that in the show notes too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. And because we're a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, you reminded me, the Dice Tower is doing their annual Kickstarter right now. They have a lot of cool promos. Last year, I did not um, back at a promo level. I just said, here's $50, and uh, I don't want any of these promos. This year, there was a couple (laughs) promo packs where I'm like, oh, yeah, I want those. So there's some really good stuff over there. Uh, So check them out. And the Dice Tower is basically made all of this media stuff possible or at least they were the first to like super make it you know come to the forefront and they've helped us out a lot too so if you want to check out the different promos and other loot they got over there check it out at the dice tower kickstarter uh but finally here's thank you to our current patreons adam harrison miles clark the gift of games the heroin Wentworth, jason strong john lewis joe hoover <sighs> okay so this is where the order has changed and fletcher keeps complaining but you now have i have to, to like my own medicine <laughs> uh, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, David Rank, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Christopher Lutke, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, 
uh, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Milner, David Radke, Brian Arnold, David Wagoner, uh, Courtney Folk, Ryan Elliott, Elliot, uh, Dan C, Darren McLennan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, uh, Adrian Dong, Eric Hoffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And thanks for everyone who's ever been a patron. You guys are all the awesomest. Yay. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So have you gotten player three into Legos yet? Um, He got a like jungle set for Christmas for my aunt. We have a ton of Duplos though um, because no one can choke on them. (laughs) That's that's true. Um, There are four plus Lego sets where he can follow Mm -hmm. the instructions by himself. So you might receive. All right. Well, you might receive an Amazon package in the mail. (laughs) Great. Just one more thing to keep out of player four's reach. <laughs> ah, she'll be fine. Becca's actually pretty good at not eating Legos these days. Sort of. Yeah, no. Player four is not. <laughs> <laughs>